Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Explore Traveler Show. Your host, John Gentry here. And today I wanted to just kind of continue on the theme that I had talked about last time, which is more centered around people living abroad, but I would say also the understanding of the kinds of things you need to consider when you are living abroad. So recently, I had written a an article on ExploreTraveler.com called 10 Easy Tips for Living Abroad. And I just was going to kind of go over a few of those with you here, since uh, a lot of people that listen to the podcast don't necessarily see the the blog. But just, just so you know, uh, this information is on the blog in written form, and you can print it out and take it with you on the train or wherever you may be. So... If you're going to live abroad, there's these certain questions you need to consider, okay? Um, one of them is the length of time of your visit. You know, how long will you be staying in your first country? See, while living abroad, you know, one needs to take these certain things into consideration. So, first, how long do you want to stay? How long is this visit? This is key because depending on where you are, your passport, you know, and the form it's it's in, how many pages you have left, what types of visas you want to get, you know, how many days you're going to stay there, you know, some countries, if you're from, I don't know, let's just say France or Germany or the United States, right, or Canada, you may get an instant visa, and that visa could be a tourist visa. It could be 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It just sort of depends. I I have seen it go above 90 days, but most of the time it is not. And you need to make sure that you always have six months or more on your passport. I personally believe it's one year or more because you don't want to give some person that's, you know, working at a custom station the, the, the excuse to not allow you to enter, okay? And kind of the second thing for you to consider is going to be taxes, right? So some countries, how long you stay in that country is going to determine if you owe them taxes on your income, right? So maybe your income is not from that country, but the way their tax law is, you know, you need to understand that, right? If you're coming in and you're just on a tourist visa and you're going to stay there just for a month or two months or three months and you're kind of in and out, you're probably going to be okay. But you need to consider taxes. What is the threshold that causes you to owe that country taxes, okay? Um, another thing to think about is your regional transportation. You know, how easy is it for you to travel and you know, when you're traveling, there's things that you're going to need to do. Let's say you're there for 30 days and you need to travel to a certain area in order to get your visa renewed, right? So how easy is that going to be? Are you going to have, can you just take a taxi? Can you get something similar to an Uber? Do you need to take a train and then a taxi? I mean, there's a lot of variables here, right? You could be in a remote area of you know, Thailand on the beach, but guess what? You can't renew your visa necessarily there. You got to, maybe you have to go to Bangkok, right? So that's going to require you to take a plane or a train, an automobile. You don't know. So take all this stuff into consideration. Plan your stay out, right? 
um, medical, right? Now, it some people, uh, let's say they need to take a blood pressure medicine or they need to take uh, cholesterol medicine. The chances are high that whatever country you can go to, you can get your prescriptions renewed fairly easy with the top-of-the-line brands from, a lot of times they're from Europe, but sometimes they're from America, right? And it's going to be cheaper, and most of the time, it's pretty, it's fairly high quality. There's not a lot of fake drugs unless you go to some place looking for that. I mean, um, if you go to a real government-sponsored pharmacy in any country, they're going to have the top-of-the-line um, pharmaceuticals for you, okay? Another thing to take into consideration is, you know, the weather, right? So, are you going to be in a cooler area? Are you going to be in a hotter area? Are you going to be by the equator? I mean, these are things that you do need to understand. I mean, you need to understand the weather, the kinds of clothing you have, what you're going to be... um, wearing um maybe you want to wear a a pair of shorts but maybe it's not appropriate for you to wear shorts right maybe it's you're supposed to you're expected to wear a dark pair of pants right i mean these are things that you have to you have to consider culturally where you're going to live some places it's not appropriate to go into some of these locations and take any photos or videos or sometimes they don't mind but you got to be dressed appropriately, right? There's some really beautiful places and beautiful structures, um, you know, that you can go look at. But you need to take weather into consideration. And you know, when it comes to weather, you know, elevation comes into play. It's normally cooler the higher elevation you are. But how well do you do at certain elevations? I mean, have you tested it? Do you know? You can get a finger monitor. You can put it on your finger and you can drive up a mountain to a ski resort and see, you know, how do you do when you have less oxygen? You may feel the same, but your oxygen meter is going to change, right? Are you above the threshold for a safe, for safe, for an adult, right? I mean, these are things that we don't normally think about when we're younger because we're kind of feel invincible. But, you know, when you get in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and beyond, you do need to be a lot more cautious, right? Don't just uh, throw caution to the wind, you know. Just you, you should know your body, know what your capable capabilities are, okay? Another really, really important thing is your general cost of living. So depending on where you're going, you're going to have a cost of living, now, I'm going to get into the post-pandemic time frame. Some countries literally shut down their economic system. They devastated it. Some countries, they did not. They did not do mandatory shutdowns. And the countries that did not do mandatory shutdowns have not had major changes in their GDP, major disruptions in their workforce, And for the most part, they carried on as normal other than the need for sometimes the need for, you know, immunizations, the need for masks, right? They may have had those rules, but they did not shut down and they did not close their border. 
I and I think one of the countries that comes to mind is Mexico. Mexico encouraged Americans to flee the United States and they come down, especially the Cancun. They had fast internet, they had cheap housing and inexpensive food, and you could still live almost a normal life. Was there changes? Yes. Because it's pretty clear you're in a pandemic. People are walking around with a face mask on. But for the most part, you could still get everything that you needed. The economy and the food economy was not in scarcity mode. So they don't have a scarcity of food products in Mexico. And as a matter of fact, they they did very well. And sometimes the prices went up, not because of what was going on in Mexico, but just, you know, due to the world market fluctuations, because there was, you know, becoming a, uh, a shortage in the United States or Canada, etc. So that's an example of a place that has stable cost of living. Here in the United States, the cost of living is not stable. I repeat, it is not stable at all. Inflation is wrecking havoc on travelers. They come here and they're in shock at the how expensive it is just to get a single Coke or to just go out and eat. It is very expensive now. Some areas are cheaper than others. Some areas are more expensive than others. I have a tendency to hang out on the West Coast and it is definitely more expensive and it could be anywhere from 10 to 30% more expensive. It just sort of depends. But even 10%, that's a big number, right? So if there's any discount that you can take advantage of when you're traveling, like say you're over a certain age and you get a discount, take advantage of it. You got to keep your costs down so you can keep moving forward to the next destination. Now, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying, I'm talking about restaurants, you know, middle-class type restaurants. If you're going to a hawker stand and you're paying 25%, 25 cents American or Canadian for a sandwich, just pay it. Don't, don't. <laughs> I mean, they need the money, okay? These people are running these small hawker stands around the world. That You don't need to just, whatever the price is that's posted, pay the price, okay? You don't need to ask for a discount. I'm more talking about if you're going to um, you know, a restaurant, you know, at a high-end place in Singapore or Malaysia or the United States, right? In the United States, they've got uh, senior discounts. They got veteran discounts. Who knows? So certain days they got, you know, first responder discounts. I mean, there's all kinds of things. So, but I do encourage you in some of these Western nations to please try to take advantage of whatever discounts that you can. And, you know, I mean, all of us eat daily. So, it's a major expense and it's a major consideration and food travel itself is an amazing adventure okay so what kind of food that you like should be taken into consideration to where you plan on going if you do not like spicy food and i'm not just talking about hot spicy okay uh there's curry that is not very hot but it is very spicy right so if you don't like curry, you probably you need to reconsider places like Malaysia, India, Thailand, right? These are places that have a lot of spice in their food, a lot of curry sauces, and they do like it hot as well. But normally you have options. If you are a vegetarian, 
you need to take that into consideration. Some countries eat a lot of meat. Some countries have a mix of meat and vegetables. Some countries have a very strong vegetarian culture, like in India and Thailand. So it just sort of depends on what it is that you're wanting to do, eat, where you want to go, what types of foods you want to discover. Now, if you're going to go to these hawker stands and save money, more power to you. However, I do want you to take into consideration that not every hawker stand is created equal. Have some diarrhea medicine. Those of you that have now looked at you know some of my archive pod, podcast, you know uh, I just posted an old one in the archive today, for example, and there I talk about you know you don't want traveler's diarrhea ruining your day. You know the water that they're using to wash stuff may be fine, or it may not. <coughs> Excuse me. So take that into consideration, okay? And, you know, you just want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy your food because that's an, it's just a major part of your discovery as you're out traveling. Now, travel activities. Yeah, you need to think about that, right? You need to think about, you know, what kinds of the things that you like to do. Are they city life type of activities? Are they countryside type of activities? Are you talking about hiking to remote areas and looking at ruins? Or you're talking about... You know, hanging out in a more cosmopolitan area with your friends and having coffee shops and, you know, working on your blog. I mean, what is it that you want to do? Or maybe you like a combination of those things. So, you know, you have to think about it, right? Some cities like Taipei, they offer a city life, but they also have a low cost, high speed rail system. And you could take that rail system and one to two hours, you're you're down in the south in a tropical beach, right? So you have to think about, you know, where you're at and the access to other areas. There's no need for you to think that you can't do all of the above because you can. You just have to plan it out and decide how you're going to do it, how you're going to transport yourself, right? Um, resources. Okay, so some of the things and websites I follow for multiple reasons, okay? I do believe that if I'm traveling around the world, especially when I'm taking people with me, I need to have a good understanding of what is happening in the world in which I am living, right? That may mean um, that may mean I know the news from a variety of resources, okay? I follow... Oh, several different things, right? I mean, I, I, I try to get a cross-cultural idea of the news, right? So I try not to live in my own little world because if I do that, all these countries, and I mean all of them, have a certain amount of propaganda that they're pushing. But if you look at multiple areas of the world, you're going to get a multiple understanding of the world, right? So, I mean, I like to look at the China, I think it's China Times Daily. I like to look about look at the Singapore Strait newspaper. Um, I keep up on the business stuff on Bloomberg, CNBC, Yahoo Finance. I also, um, you know, get information from the BBC. 
uh, down there in the UK are also there's there's a I think it's called like DW in Germany. They have a really good uh, English website from a German perspective. You got Al Jazeera that's coming from the Middle East. You got RT News, which is very Russia slash Eastern European focused. Um, and then here in the United States, you've got you know CNN, you got Fox News, you got website things like um, the Drudge Report, you got Zero Hedge, and many others, right? But there's, you know, how do you keep up on the trends? You know, the trends on where things are going. Uh, a good website that has a free email service. It's called SovereignMan.com. Now they've recently rebranded their name a little bit but I recommend that you sign up for their free newsletter because they have a tendency to talk about countries that are easy for you to get visas okay easy for you to get permanent residency so these are subjects that are near and dear to us travelers hearts and so you should get that free newsletter and if you want to pay for their service I've done that before and I'm probably going to do it again soon I, I do recommend them. They just—they're just a huge wealth of information. Um, another, let's see. Uh, Zero Hedge has—it's a very financial based, so it has a cross listing of blogs and opinions based on economics most of the time. There's some stuff that sneaks in there that doesn't have anything to do with that, but you can pick and choose—you know—what you want to read um there's also the trends research um by gerald salinti for many decades he's been posting uh worldwide international trends i would say that it's very u.s centric so please keep that into consideration um another area that i think a lot of people don't know about is whatever country that you are from you have an embassy and those embassies, they actually have a wealth of information on their websites. But even by going to the embassy and asking questions, they can point you into some really interesting areas that you can observe information that's very useful. Uh, I, I do recommend that you sign up for their emergency alert system. So if something happens and there's an emergency they can tell you, you know, hey, this is where you need to go. And they'll call your phone. They'll make sure you're okay. I mean, when that tsunami took out Indonesia, there wasn't a lot of foreigners in the heart of it. But when it whipped around into Thailand, it took out quite a few foreigners. A lot of foreigners died on the beach that day. And a lot of them were displaced because a massive tsunami swept in through the resorts and people were just, you know, looking for their families and their kids and trying to get reunited. And it was a big hassle. And so, you know, some people, they made it to high ground in time and they still had access to their cell phones. And because of that, the NBC was able to, you know, evacuate them. And those people were able to tell others what they needed to do. So it's, I just, I cannot stress enough that the importance of using your home country's embassy as a form of resource and as emergency contact and so make sure that they can reach you in an emergency and they know you're in country okay um you know so just kind of you know in conclusion 
Um, it's important to have a travel plan. You want to know, you know, how long you're going to be, the type of visas that you're going to need, the kind of food you like to eat, the climate that you're going to be living in, how long you're going to be living in those climates. Is the weather going to change and go from a hot climate to a cold climate? Uh, are you going to have a monsoon season and it's going to be raining cats and dogs and you're not going to be able to get a photo? I mean, if you're going there for photography, that's probably something you need to know about. So plan your trips and prepare so you can have a great vacation, a great adventure. Um, if you're going to become an expatriate, you want to make sure that you're going to start off as comfortable as possible while you discover all the things that you need to do to establish your lifestyle in another country. And so just keep all this into consideration. And, you know, please visit exploretraveler.com. Wherever you're seeing and listening to this podcast, please like and share. And please share our articles. It helps us get new viewers. Um, and thank you. If you hear a advertisement on this podcast, please support our sponsors. I really appreciate it. This is one of the very few places where we have any kind of uh, monetization. And it really does help us you know, pay the bills. Um, podcasting costs money. Uh, my time, I don't... You know, I never charge my time at all, right? So I just trying to unload as much information as possible to you, the listener, the viewer, and keep your eyes open for a new podcast and you know our three main avenues of communication is this podcast, our Explore Traveler YouTube channel, and our website at explorertraveler.com. Those three things you're going to see. So we have some exciting things coming. And we are um, preparing to kind of ramp up our content creation. It's not easy, but I think I found some ways to get some help that is inexpensive enough. And it will allow me to expand the amount of videos I can produce, the amount of articles. that I. It just gives me more time to give you... Um, the viewer and the person that's interested in traveling abroad, the ideas that you need to come up with your own ideas. And, you know, please uh, put in the comments down below on this podcast, you know, things that you're interested in, questions that you might have. So wherever you're listening to it, I, I really, really love the feedback. And, you know, until next time, travel on, everyone.